They're doing it not because of my rank or position, but because they really want to deep down in their hearts. Man, that's, that's, that's what I call influential leadership. When they do things not because of my authority, but because they were willing to do it. And that's what we as leaders need to aspire to, to use influence instead of power and status. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is another beautiful day here in North Carolina, and this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Jeremy Clevenger Fitness and the Sasquatch Flag Company. Both of these sponsors help me bring these shows to you each and every week, so I encourage you to click on their links below and check them out. I have another great show lined up for you today, but before we get started, I just want to remind you to check out my leadership books that I've written on either Amazon or my website, johnsrenny.com. This year, I'm offering a new way to purchase all of my books for a discount. I've bundled the books into what I call the Qualified Leadership Series, and you get all three books for 15% off the individual prices. This offer is only available on my website, so check it out if you're looking to step up your leadership game this year. Also, I want to remind you that Deep Leadership is now ranked as a top 100 management podcast in the U.S. and now in the U.K., and I wanted to thank each and every one of you for listening in each week and sharing these episodes with your friends You have helped this show become a top-performing podcast, so thank you very much. Well, that is it. Today, we're going to be talking about becoming a more influential leader, and my guest is Lieutenant Colonel Chris Mendoza. Chris and I met at school where we are both pursuing our doctorates in leadership. He has more than 18 years of active-duty military leadership experience, as well as eight years in private industry. Chris wrote the book on influential leadership, literally. I was excited to have him join me on the show to talk about how leaders can become more influential. Now, this was a great conversation that I know you'll enjoy. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Lieutenant Colonel Chris Mendoza. Chris is an active duty officer in the United States Air Force who was deployed to Afghanistan. He has more than 18 years of military experience and eight years experience in private industry. Chris is the author of How to Become an Influential Leader, Applying Military Leadership to the Corporate Environment. And I'm excited to have him on the show to talk about how to become a more influential leader. So Chris, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, John. Appreciate it. And I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to meet you finally. Um, we met, We, you and I are both in uh, going to Liberty University, working on our doctorate. And so I want to start off, just ask you a little bit about what are you studying? Uh, what are you working on? And why are you working to get your doctorate right now? So I'm going for a PhD in organization and management with a specialization in leadership. So getting a PhD has always been a personal goal the longest time. I mean, I've always wanted to get my PhD ever since high school. Uh, and I chose leadership as a topic because uh, in the military, you know, it's very keen. And you're, you're, you being a military person also, you, you know that the military, uh, art and science of leadership is, is the core of, of, of military, right? So, and I also thought leadership when I was at Maxwell Air Force Base in Alabama and, uh, 
and write, and I wrote this leadership book in 21, uh, the, um, how to become an influential leader. So why not get a doctor in leadership? So, yeah. Uh, that's great. That's great. Well, and, and, and it's for me, it's, I'm, I'm 55. It's sort of like old dog, new tricks. And, uh, and I, it's, it's, it's good. I mean, the, 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 the coursework is challenging. Uh, there's a whole world of leadership theory I never knew about. And, uh, so I think it's good to, to, I think, apply the practical experience like you have throughout your career. And then this theoretical side, it's, it's interesting to see the way the two blend together. Yep. Yeah. Hey, interesting. So tell us about your Air Force experience and explain how an acquisition officer goes on missions outside the wire in Afghanistan. Yeah, so, so I've been in the Air Force for 18 years now, and uh, acquisitions is like the business side of the Air Force. It's the closest thing to leadership uh, in the private sector, which is what the book's about. So acquisition officers work in the office a lot, and uh, a few of us, few of us get shows up for deployments. Um, I've, I volunteered to go to Afghanistan because I wanted to be with the men and women who are out there in harm's way. I mean, they didn't choose to go downrange. And it's really sad because we've lost thousands of lives during Operation Enduring Freedom and Iraqi Freedom. So by volunteering, at least I can share the risk with them. Now, as far as going outside the wire, not a lot of officers do it because it's, it's dangerous. You know, convoys get ambushed. Uh, MRAPs, that's a multi, uh, multi uh, what do you call it? MRAPs is an ambush protected vehicle. Mine-resistant mine ambush protected vehicle. Or MRAPs, they get hit by RPGs and IEDs a lot. And they usually send the Army enlisted folks and Naval enlisted folks as well, um, like the E-1s or the E-3s, and a second lieutenant or an ensign to lead them in combat missions, but not captains and above. Um, so we used Afghan Highway 1 to go from Bob to Bob. Bob is the stands for Forward Operating Base. And Afghan Highway 1 is the most dangerous highway in country. It was built by the Soviets during their occupation in the 70s. And then when they left in the 80s, many factions tried to control Afghanistan. So that's why they buried IEDs and other explosives. But me, I, I just want, I want to do it. I want to go outside the wire for the same reason that I wanted to be with the troops, share those risks. That gives them, that gives the troops some hope and some motivation. Mm, yeah. No, I think it's good. It's, it's, it's this idea of leading from the front, isn't it? And being, being you know, it's, you're not above your people, you're with your people. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's really good to hear that. Um, your book is called uh, "How to Become an Influential Leader: Applying Military Leadership to the Corporate Environment." Tell us about the inspiration behind the book, why you wrote it, and who was the target audience. So I wrote the book because that's another lifelong goal. You know, I've read thousands of books all my life, growing up in elementary school, high school, college. I just wanted to write my own book. You know, um, it's my very first one. I don't know if I'm going to write another one. Uh, maybe not in the near future, but. Uh, you know, it, it, I, I enjoyed writing it. I enjoyed writing the book. Um, so it, it's, it's, was it for, it's written for anyone who wants to learn more about leadership or anyone who wants to become a military service member, no matter what the branch is, because we're all brothers and sisters in arms, right? And, and as the subtitle states, you know, uh, the book is also tailored to CEOs, CFOs, and branch managers in the private sector. Leadership exists in every arena, whether you're in the military or in the private sector. So, mm. Yeah, and I think what what I like is you say right off off the bat that you're you're bringing these ideas from the military to the corporate environment, and I got a chance to do that in my in, in my career, going right from the military to 22 years leading you know eight different manufacturing businesses, and then of course starting my own business. But so I actually did very similar, which was like you know taking these military principles I learned you know under the ocean and like 
brought them into business. And what I found was they were highly effective. Right. And is that right. is that uh, is that what you feel as well? Like the ideas that you've learned throughout your 18 years in the military, these are fundamental principles for how to lead people that translate well to uh, to the work world. Is that pretty much because you know I was in private sector for eight years prior to uh, joining the military. So immediately after college, I went directly to private sector. So eight years of experience and then 18 years of military experience, I get to see both sides of the fence. So there are things that, are, that work in the military world that would not work in the private sector world. So I've leveraged things that I learned during my eight years in private sector and make sure that the right combination, because you don't want to be too, you don't want to be a drill sergeant to the private sector, right? <laughs> you got to find that right balance. So, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, interesting. I know a lot of people, when I would take over a new business, they would say, oh, we heard you were in the military. Is this going to be like a command and control, you know, uh, scenario? And it's like, I'm like, what have you heard about the military? <laughs> so, you know, they think that you're going to come in and bark orders, but I don't remember ever doing that in the military either. So, right, right. Yeah, interesting. So we have a, uh, uh, there's a there's a perception about military people, I think, that's out there that's, I don't think, true. And it's good that you write books like this so that they can see what what true military leadership is like and how that is directly translatable to to the business world, for sure. Right. Yeah. So in the book, you have an acronym, of course, because you're military, you have to have an acronym. And uh, it's called SIDEARM. And uh, that's a long acronym. <laughs> so it is. Yeah. Play. And, and you've got you've got a good visual in the book so to, that, that kind of lays it out. It's hard to hard to do it on a podcast, but explain what sidearm uh, stands for. So sidearm is the leadership model that I created. So each letter stands for a different kind of leadership style. So the S in sidearm stands for servant leadership. Uh, and then the I stands for innovative leadership, E daring leadership. Uh, and I got I had to put daring in there because there's a lot of the leadership models of today, like the FRLM and other leadership styles, there's nothing there about courage, even though it's it's implied that as leaders, we have to be courageous. But I got to put daring leadership in there because that's for, as leaders, even if, if, if you've never been deployed, you've never been in the military, when, when you're up there, fit it, you know, uh, briefing like 300 people, you got to have that courage to stand up there and actually brief that not a lot of people can do that. So... So that's why daring leadership is part of sidearm. That's the D. E is empathetic leadership. Mm. And that's being kind and making sure that you're kind and uh, to your employees. But at the same time, you got to hold them accountable. You can't just give them freebies, right? Uh, uh, so the A is arrangement leadership. It's kind of like transactional. You know, so like you got the perk and the peril. The perk is you do something, they do something good, then you got to reward them. If you do something bad, you got to hold them accountable. That's why you got that arrangement follower and leader. And then R is responsibility leadership. Uh, you have to make sure that they're, you hold them accountable. So that's why you got responsibility in there. And then the M is motivational leadership. So that's where you find ways to motivate them, inspire them. It could be by uh, being a, an amazing orator, like a, a speech, so someone who knows how to speak well, or just leading by example. Because uh, I'm not a very good speaker, but I lead by example. I do things like what you said earlier, like leading from the front. That's what I do. And that's what motivates the troops. Wow, so this guy, this colonel, Lieutenant Colonel, who doesn't, he's not really parking waters. He's actually, you know, fighting the fight with us. And that, that inspires them, that motivates them. So anyway, that, that's sidearm leadership model. The book expounds on each kind of, of the leadership style. It's only like 200 pages. It's pretty quick. You can finish the book in five, five hours. But the, the sidearm leadership model, if done correctly, in other words, combining all those leadership styles, that the sidearm will yield the ultimate kind of leadership style, which is influential leadership. Mm, okay. 
So, so in other words, each one of these elements of sidearm is uh, is is part of that influential leadership model, essentially. Correct. So, uh, what does it mean to be influential as a leader? So uh, we only have thirty minutes, right? <laughs> but, uh, I know I'm going to put you on the spot. Your book is called Influential Leadership, so <laughs> so it's yeah, wow. So anyone can write a dissertation on this, but I titled the book with the word influential because to me, influential leadership is the most ideal kind of leadership. So here's what, here's a quick definition, a generic definition of leadership. So leadership is the art and science of getting people to do what you want them to do. That sounds audacious, right? Like, wow, leaders do that. Well, that's why it's called it's called the generic definition of leadership. In this case, leadership is neutral. Case in point, if a person is a bad leader, poor leader, toxic leader, excellent leader, effective leader, the word leader follows each of those adjectives. So that proves that the, the word leader or leadership is a neutral word. You know, so if you have like a negative connotation example, like toxic leaders, then well, then then that means le is leader really positive? No, leader is neutral. So again, I want to repeat the generic definition of leadership, which is neutral, is leadership is the art and science of getting people to do what you want them to do. So if I told my son to take out the garbage and he does it, and that counts as leadership because I told him, got I got him to do what I wanted him to do. And same thing with my employees in the office. If I get them to finish PowerPoint briefings for the general and they do it, I mean, doesn't that count as leadership? I mean, I led them. I got them to do what I wanted them to do. But here's a kicker. Is that really influential leadership? Mm. No, it's not. Because when I go to my next base and my successor, the next commander, will have his or her rules. And, and you think my previous followers will keep doing what I asked them to do after I'm gone? No, they will, they will follow the orders of the new boss. Those followers only followed me because of my rank and position and my yeah. authority, not because they were willing to do it. Mm. But if I can find a way to transform them to the core so that when they follow me, they're doing it not because of my rank or position, but because they really want to deep down in their hearts. Man, that's, that's, that's what I call influential leadership. When they do things not because of my authority, but because they were willing to do it. That's when a leader transforms a follower. And that's what we as leaders need to aspire to, to use influence instead of power and status. Mm. Don't get me wrong, there are some cases in which we have to use power and status, but those are in dire situations. You know, you've been, you deployed, I deployed. In those cases, influence is probably not the best way to lead, right? right. But, but in most cases, the best way to lead is by influence. So, so my book goes into detail to show, show different ways of how to influence people the right mm. way. One thing is interesting. I was having a conversation with someone this past weekend, and I can't remember what, exactly what job he had, but he was in one of those jobs where you had to influence an organization of which you didn't have direct control and uh, direct authority over. And I had a role. I had a role like that. I was the quality manager for a division one time, and so I was responsible for getting all these people to follow the quality procedures and processes that didn't work for me. The, the manufacturing group didn't work for me. So, but I had to make sure that they did. And I, and, and at the end of the day, I was accountable for the, for the quality that came out of these manufacturing plants. And so I think that sometimes that's one of the most difficult leadership jobs when you have responsibility and you have no authority, no official authority. So you have to be influential. You Correct. don't have the rank and the power. So you have to be able to influence others. And so... What are some things just, you know, uh, that that help you to be influential with, 
you know, with people, if you, instead of just relying on the rank, but actually doing, getting people to motivate and do things because they're, they're personally motivated to do it. So, uh, there are many ways to do that. Like I mentioned before, leading by example, leading for the front. If they see you actually uh, struggling with them, they're not going to give up. And they're, they say, oh, my boss can do this. If he can do this, so can I. Mm. Uh, that's one thing. Um, acts of kindness also this is where the E part of sidearm, empathy leadership, empathetic leadership. When you're kind to them, but you don't want to give them everything, just give them enough, uh, take care of them, that 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 inspires them. That that you know, that that's that's one good way to influence them. And of course, the very first one, S servant leadership. You know, they say that servant leadership is a paradox. How can you serve and lead at the same time? I mean, if you're leading, wouldn't your followers serve you, not the other way around? Well, yeah. necessarily, you can still serve and lead. At the same time, that's one of the topics we had in our doctorate course, and you and I took, you know, like, yes, I serve in leadership. But I think if you're a servant leader, I, I think that goes a long way. And another great example to influence your followers. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Leadership skills are like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them. Best-selling leadership author John S. Rennie knows this. That's why he's written a new book called You Have the Watch. It's a guided journal for leaders designed to take you through an entire year of leadership training. By the end of the year, you will master 50 of the most important leadership skills. If you want to have a greater impact on the results and people in your organization, go to youhavethewatch.com and pick up your copy today. This episode is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger Fitness. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area that they're lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. But how do you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best person for the job. Don't struggle on your own. Put Jeremy Clevenger on your team. Jeremy will work with you to take your physique, mindset, nutrition, habits and more to the next level with his step-by-step all-inclusive coaching program. Now I've worked with Jeremy for the past year and I'm in the best shape of my life. If you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at apexperformancesystems.com to find out more and get your initial consultation scheduled with him today. This episode is brought to you by the Sasquatch Flag Company. The Sasquatch Flag Company is a family-owned business in New England that builds hand-carved American flags from seasoned white pine. Each flag is hand-built, and each star on the flag is hand-hammered and chiseled. No two flags are alike. They offer a variety of flag designs to honor the police, military, firefighters, dispatchers, and search and rescue personnel, to name a few. These stunning handmade flags look great in an office, a studio, the back porch, or above the fireplace mantle. They make the perfect gift for the veteran, first responder, or patriot in your life. Now, I love these flags, and I've been giving them as gifts for years, and I was a customer long before they became a sponsor of the show. I can't recommend them enough, so if you're looking for that perfect, uniquely American make gift to give away or if you want to treat yourself go to sasquatchflags.com and get your order in today i was just thinking about like that that role when i was in quality manager and i had to be influential and we had you know we had to work overtime and everybody was late and so i brought pizzas in for everybody you know so there's a couple of things one is you're being empathetic right to the fact that they're they're you know making them skip dinner by being there to, to work and then you're you're being a servant by actually serving them 
you know, right. having having a meal for them. So right. I think those things are again. And what do you think that the reaction of people when you do something like that is like, hey, John's looking out for us, right? He cares about us. And then you then you ratchet up your level of influence with that with that team. Right, right, exactly. I mean, it, 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 that's positive reaction. You know, they had to work harder for you because you, you took care of them. Same thing when, you know, like when they're working, like their working conditions are are bad. Uh, God forbid if there's sexual harassment going on and you protect them from the bullies and from the, the predators. You're serving them. You're taking care of them. You're giving them the top cover. Yeah, reaction is going to be positive. They're going to work harder for you. Yeah. You serve them. Just like serving them pizza. Yeah. Yes. I love it. I love it. Uh, in the book, you talk about, I, I just had a really good conversation with another business leader about this. So I wanted to ask you about it. You talk about being cool, calm, and collected as a leader. Yeah. Explain why that's important. And I and I I'd had the same conversation with another business owner recently. So tell tell me your perspective on that. Yeah. So that's my, that's chapter ten in the book. And uh, yeah, I love that chapter. I love I love writing that chapter. So being cool, calm, and collected is truly important, mostly in private industry, because your followers emulate you as a leader. They follow the your tone. If you are calm, your followers will be calm. If you're frantic or crazy, uh, your followers will also be frantic. So you would want your, your employees, subordinates, followers, your airmen, your uh, petty officers um, to be as calm and as cool as possible so they can actually achieve their objectives with as minimal error as possible. Mm. It's interesting because, you know, we hear a lot about authentic leadership. And this is what my conversation with this other uh, business owner was, is that he's having some trouble in the business. He needs orders, right? And, and the, biz- the business is slow. And he's... He's uh, has a lot of anxiety about it, and so he's nervous, and he's tr- doing his best, and and he's bringing that nervous energy into the office, right? And because yep. this this guy is one of the most authentic leaders I, I've ever been around. He's very authentic, uh, and he, he and, and so that's that's his strength. But the problem is when you bring that nervous energy into the workforce, then everyone else gets nervous too. Just like you say, they emulate the the emotions of the leader. And so my conversation with him was. It's a little bit like acting. Are you stressed out? Absolutely. Are you? Should you show it? No. Oh, right. It's, it's contagious. Every, everything you see is infectious. Yeah. They will. They will copy you. It's. I don't know why. It's just the way it is. And you know what happens to me too. If my leader is freaking out, our enemy is going to freak out too. Yeah. I will want my leader. I want my, want my boss to have to be level, have a cool headed. That. That that affects me in a positive way, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I remember we were in a really nasty winter storm in the North Atlantic on my first uh, my first deployment, and um, of course I was brand new to the the submarine, and I I thought this is awful, <laughs> and and I saw a lot of people getting sick, and and I'm like, is this normal? And I remember everyone looking to the captain, just just kind of keeping like. You know, if if he starts panicking, I'm going to start panicking. But he was cool, calm, collected, and I was too. I was like, "All right, he's got this." So he's got this. So I've got. This. And I remember just looking to him, like, "Does the captain have this or not?" Right. So I think that's. A, I think it's. I think it's an important element of of leadership is to project the emotions you want to see in your team. So like, right? Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, General Patton also said, "We are always on parade." Our followers are looking at us all the time. Yes. So, 
Yeah. On parade. I like that. I need to use that quote <laughs> more often. I always say we're on stage, but, but I like uh, patents. Uh, we're on parade for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, you said in the book, and I want to ask you what you mean by it. You said leadership uh, should be viewed through the lens of the followers. That's an interesting take. It is. Uh, that's by, uh, what chapter is that? 15. Chapter 15. So the biggest takeaway from that chapter is that being an influential leader, as in you're always, you're admired by your followers and they respect you and follow you because they want to, not because they have to, right? So being an influential leader is more, does not correlate with advancement generally, in some mm-hmm. case, some exceptions. Why? Well, well, because who advances you? Who promotes you to the next higher rank or to the next level of management? It's your boss. It's your leaders who promote you, not your followers. So you can be the worst leader of all time, your followers, but your boss will not know that. What your bosses see is your ability to follow orders and do the mm-hmm. boss the job that your boss wants you to do. That's followership. Followership, not leadership. When you do a good job for your boss, you will get promoted by your boss and their boss and their boss's boss, not your followers. Meanwhile, you might be a toxic leader to your followers and they might not view you as an influential leader, but guess what? You're going to get promoted anyway. So there's no correlation. Then on the other hand, you have amazing leaders that really true, effective leaders, right? Someone you want to follow to the gates of hell and back. But the bosses of those amazing leaders might not see that, right? So those amazing leaders might not get promoted because, you know, because their leadership skills are not being displayed. They're not being seen by, the, by their boss, only by the followers. So that's what I mean when leadership is viewed from the lenses of the followers. So in this chapter, I, I, I gave a, made a little recommendation to the U.S. Air Force, if, if uh, <laughs> Big Brother Air Force can see it, is that the recommendation is followers should have a say in the leader's chances for promotion. Mm-hmm. Let the followers say something about the leader because the followers witness the leadership skills of their leaders. Yeah. Right? Well, the leader's bosses, they only witness the followership skills of, the, of those leaders. That's really important. It's really important because I think about it, I always talk about the idea that leadership is about the mission and the people. And, and the key word right. there is, is and, right? So you have to accomplish the mission and you have to do it through people. So you need all these influential skills around your people to be able to accomplish the mission. So if you play in the cards right, you're taking care of your people and the mission, right? But a lot of times the boss only sees the mission. Yeah. Do, you, do you get the job done? And there's lots of ways to get the job done without taking care of your people, right? Right. 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 And I saw that a lot in corporate. You know, I did 22 years and I, I saw people get promoted based on short-term results. They'd fire a bunch of people or they would kind of cook the books a little bit. They get the numbers looking good and they get promoted. And all they did was leave disaster in their wake. And so, uh, and that is um, very destructive. And like you say, their bosses never see that. They just see the results. You get promoted. And I think I like the idea that where the followers should have a little bit of a say in whether or not this person has leadership skills. I think right. we'd be better off if if we had that. Yeah. Because there'd be some level of accountability. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, you talk about trust in your book. I just wanted to get your take on trust as it relates to influential leadership. Sure. So, so without trust, there is no true leadership. So you have to earn the trust of your subordinates before they earn yours. Um, so some followers of today, they're disillusioned. 
this this illusion. Yeah. I've, I've I've witnessed this. So they need to see that their leaders really care for them, and they need to be able to trust their leaders to lead them effectively. I mean, if that trust is broken, it, it would take a long time to regain that trust. So yeah, so trust is very important. I have a one chapter on that chapter twenty, uh, twenty one, twenty twenty one. Um, very very important chapter. So, uh, yeah. mm. so how does one earn, and how does one break trust? Wow. So so to earn the trust is yeah, leading by example and just taking care of the troops. And actually, uh, when you, when you say something, you know, when you say something, you got to do it. You yeah. can't just backpedal. Yeah. Uh, if you if you do backpedal, then you lose that trust. Uh, and credibility is a big thing. You know, if you lose that credibility, it's going to take probably wow. How many, how long would it take to to gain back that credibility? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that. I, I, I would just get your, your your take on it. If you do what you say you're going to do, uh, that is that means that they can trust you. If you say, uh, you know, we're going to get off at five o'clock, and you, everybody gets off at five o'clock, they trust you to take care of them. If you say there's a doesn't mean we're going to get raises on June second. Then raises come out on June second. You're 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 doing what you say you can do, and that 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 establishes trust over time. And I like to tell people, you know, leaders, especially new leaders, is to undercommit and overperform. Yeah, words, right, right. don't make a lot of promises, <laughs> but those Your you promise. make, yeah. you 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 make sure you take you you make sure you fulfill those. So promise, right. yeah, yeah. And we have the same thing. It's called underpromise and overdeliver. Same exact, exact the same thing, sir. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really good for for your career too. By the way, <laughs> yeah, Living with bosses, undercommit, yeah. overperform. It's a good way to live. Yep. <laughs> and generally, um, I, had a, I had a boss who once said, never be a hero on planning day because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're always going to get in trouble. Yes. So I like that. Um, so what else uh, do you think um, uh, readers are going to take away when they read this book on influential leadership? So, you know, each generation is different. Uh, I grew up in the 80s. Um, you got to be careful how we lead in today's during today's times. So some of the, the things that I added... Um, like uh, the awe of rank, the awe of rank. So when you were a lieutenant colonel or commander in the U.S. Navy in 05, uh, the enlisted airmen will take your suggestions as a direct order. Yes. So I have to be careful with my suggestions. I can't say that, hey, you got to save your money and do not buy that Corvette. You got to put it in your savings account. Well, I should not really say that because we're all different human beings with different likes and dislikes. Just because I'm not going to buy a Corvette at my age, it doesn't mean that you feel the same way, right? I have to let you... You, the follower, choose what is best for you because you place value in things differently than I do. So my job as a leader is not to encourage you to do something, nor should I discourage you. My job as a leader is to give you all the facts, the pros, the cons, the risks, without passion, without prejudice, and then you, the follower, have to decide for yourself what is best for you and your family because only you know the value of each of those pros and cons. Right, because we all value things differently, and, and so that's what I mean by the all of rank. Uh, we cannot abuse it, and we have to be careful when we use that 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 rank. Um, uh, uh, other than that, there are also other tips, such as doing random acts of kindness. I mentioned that earlier. If you do that, and you do it genuinely, be influenced by you, mm. and you will more than likely do things for you, not because of your rank or authority, but because they really want to down in their hearts. And that's what influential leader is all about. So, I like that. Yeah. I do think of that because I spend a lot of time in corporate as a vice president. And, you know, I dealt with a lot of manufacturing people, people on the shop floor. I loved spending my time on the shop floor. And yeah. you're right. You've, your rank is, you know, is there's, there's a lot of people between you and that person on the shop floor. And how you 
what you say can have, like, they take it as a direct order. Like you said, if you're, you know, being a lieutenant colonel, you know, they, they see the rank and, yes, sir. <laughs> and they can't hear it. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I just, suggestion, not a, yeah, not a right. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it's something to be careful. I, I do notice, too, as, as a leader, you change the mood in the room when you walk in the room. You know, That's correct. And people might be having a conversation, and you walk in, things change when the leader walks in, and and you've got to be careful that you know you recognize that that right. you you your presence affects you know the team and the conversation and and the work that they're doing. So you have to make sure that you understand how to use that presence properly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's so true. Wow. A lot of a lot of good stuff uh, in this book. The idea of influential leadership. The book is called "How to Become an Influential Leader." I love the topic. I love what you're doing in, in the subject. How can people find more about uh, more about you and this new book? So I, I don't have a podcast. I, I don't have any shows. Uh, I do have a, a LinkedIn uh, page. Um, I'm just so busy with you know doing my active duty service commitment that uh, I haven't had time. Uh, but this book is on Amazon.com. Uh, so just go to the Amazon website and in the field, the search field, just type in my name, Chris Mendoza, uh, followed by how to become an influential leader, or just type in how to become an influential leader, applying military, uh, you know, I'll type in the whole thing, apply, applying military um, leader, uh, sorry, applying military leadership to the corporate environment. Um, or any combination thereof, and then you'll find the page that has those three versions. Uh, I'm selling the ebook version, Kindle ebook, paperback, and hardcover. So the Kindle ebook version also has the book inside. Click on it, and you'll see the first three chapters just to see if the book is for you. If not, then at least you got the first three chapters for free. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And we'll put links in the show notes for that book. And again, sure. it's a great book. It's it's 200 pages. You can read it in five hours. And again, part of what this podcast is all about is giving you resources so that you can become a more effective leader, in this case, to become a more influential leader. Chris, I really appreciate you coming on the show, sharing this book, sharing your journey, and sharing these great lessons from your years uh, being in a leadership position. Thanks for being on the show, and thanks for sharing uh, all this information. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. It's a great pleasure. Thank you. Thank you again. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, 
and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab, an electric cast production. See you there. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women.